Well, good morning, City Church. Obviously, I'm not at City Church this morning, but I want to take this opportunity to introduce to you this incredible set of people that are going to be sharing this morning. Mike and Cindy Zello are our special guest speakers. I've known Mike and Cindy since 1982. I often talk about the importance of relationship in our lives, and Mike and I have been close personal friends ever since 1982, and our personal ministry journeys have had incredible parallels. So I'm so grateful that you're going to be able to hear from my personal friend. Not only that, but Mike and Cindy have been involved with Teen Challenge for the past 30 years. They're here with us this morning to share incredible stories about God's deliverance from drug addiction. So would you give a warm City Church welcome to Mike and Cindy Zello. Praise the Lord. How's everybody? So it was 81 this week. Amen. I mean, we're from Virginia, all of us. We, uh, we just go from right from winter right to the main event. We just skip everything. So we, uh, <laughs> we, um, your pastor and I, you know, I, you wake up and it's been 33 years since him and I were 18 years old and um, rolled into Bible college. He was from New Jersey and I was from D.C. We had no clue who each other was. We, we realized right away, though, that everybody on that campus was a geek but us. And so our love for soccer and our passion for sports, we ended up hooking up. And, and then we lived together for a year in college. It was wild. It was crazy, you know, as crazy as Bible college can get. <laughs> no exaggeration, uh, the introduction. It, we talk every week and sometimes every day. And uh, my wife will say, is that your girlfriend? Like, yeah, it's Pete. <laughs> uh, it's just been, an, it's a, you know, doing ministry, doing ministry alone is no good. And it's just a blessing. And you should just feel so good about your pastor. I mean, I know him. He's crazy now. I know him. And you're blessed. You know, you're just so blessed. Uh, your pastor asked uh, Mike, he just like, Mike, just share what you've seen. Uh, and it's oh, impossible to do that. Uh, you guys had Nikki Cruz here. And Nikki Cruz, the summer that he gave his life to the Lord, my parents were interns for David Wilkerson and fell in love. And they started the first Teen Challenge when I was four years old in Washington. And, you know, I'll be 52 this year. So it's been, you know, 48 years of living around addiction and, and with addicts. And, um, you know, Cindy and I decided to cross the promised land of the Potomac River 13 years ago. And we left Maryland and we moved to Virginia to start the first Teen Challenge chapter in Northern Virginia uh, out of our home with three teenagers. We had our own Teen Challenge, amen? Uh, no promise of anything. And that, you know, just... Just an amazing wife and partner I've had these last 31 years to, to just take the plunge and be so close to work with addicts. What we do is extremely difficult. Very, very little glory in it. But what we have seen is the Lord Jesus Christ absolutely change lives. Amen? What I've seen and what I know is that 2 Corinthians 5.17 is the truth. That no matter where you come from, no matter how deep it's gotten, how bad it's gotten, um, the Lord can set you free. 
And so, you know, this morning we have partners. Come on, boys. I'm going to do the boys, and my wife's going to do the girls. We, uh, you know, these last 13 years, the Lord just humbly preaching in a church, and afterward a man came up and said, the Lord told me to release a million dollars to your ministry. And before we knew it, you know, we were able to buy a farm. It took four years fighting in court, federal court, before we were able to open, but we opened a Teen Challenge farm uh, for young men in Fredericksburg, and then in this last year, Beauty for Ashes Women's and Children's Home. So I'm going to let Cindy talk about Beauty for Ashes Women's and Children's Home, and uh, I'm going to introduce these boys because this is what I've seen, hundreds and hundreds of this. Uh, no matter how deep the pit, no matter how strong the drug, God's power just lifting people and changing them forever. Forever. And so, all right, go ahead. I'm always teasing this guy because he's so much younger than me, but I have more hair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My name's Josh. Um, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, so it was a great win for the Tar Heels last night. I hate that I'm in Charlottesville this morning, but I had to say it. I had to say it. But, um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, um, I'm just going to share a little bit of my story. Um, I played sports all my life when I got a little bit older. Um, that kind of kept me. My dad always coached me, and he was very hard on me. Um, I developed a lot of anger in my life. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic, so I grew up in Southern abuse home. Uh, he didn't treat my mom well. He verbally abused us. really wasn't physical, but some people know verbal can be even worse sometimes. Um, Started recreationally using uh, a little better when I got out of high school. I actually went to a uh, Christian high school um, in Charlotte. I got out and I started messing with uh, opiates a little bit. Did, did the pill thing for a while and then it progressed to heroin. And from 21 on to about 30, um, I was a heroin addict. I tried uh, secular rehabs, went to a lot of different places. Um, nothing could change me. I just... There was nothing, it was a void in me I couldn't, I couldn't feel. And then I got in some legal trouble, um, and the Lord used that avenue, looking back on it now, to get me into Teen Challenge. Um, so I went, you know, instead of going to jail, like, you know, the judge gave me an option, like, you can go. So I went, and my parents have been praying forever. They always knew about Teen Challenge. They told me about Teen Challenge. And I just like, no, I'm going to try everything three times over. I can't do 14 months. And I did. That's what I ended up doing. But when I got to Teen Challenge, though, um, I remember praying almost every night, especially for the four months when I was around Pastor Mike and Sister Cindy at the farm um, in Fredericksburg. I was just praying that God would give me the strength to, uh, to overcome this. I've tried everything else. And Nothing fills me. It's just not working. I need my life back. Um, and God slowly but surely started developing, getting the anger, the bitterness away, the resentments away. Um, my dad ended up getting sober even before I came into Teen Challenge. So he started uh, restoring some family issues. Um, and then I felt a calling on my life after uh, about halfway through Teen Challenge. And even when I was at uh, the farm with Pastor Mike that I wanted to come back and I wanted to serve, and this is what God wants me to do, is to work in a ministry and help other addicts find Christ and freedom, because then Christ is the only thing that was ever, ever, ever can give me free and freedom. Um, 
So God is truly good. God restores. I just went with my brother to actually a Tar Heel basketball game a couple weeks ago against Miami, sitting 15 rows on the half-court line. I mean, he never would have done that before. My brother was always there for me, but you burn so many bridges and people give up on you. And, and thank God that Christ saw sufficient to show me grace to get me in the Teen Challenge doors and get me around these two people right here and Jordan Cruz and um, save my life. So that's all. Amen. Um, so I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I grew up in a church exactly kind of this size, um, but I was really big into sports as well. I wrestled like every, every weekend, so when I got to middle school, we kind of split off from the church, me and my family, because I was always going away tournaments every weekend, and uh, I got to about, that was like middle school, and we got into high school, I was playing football and wrestling back and forth each season, and uh, I always wanted to fit in with the like, popular group in high school, I wanted to be that cool kid around everyone, I have, like, I want to hang out with everyone, so I wanted to fit in with everyone, so I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to join the football team, they're the coolest kids in high school, so I joined the football team, and uh about 11th grade, I just quit everything because the football team, all my friends I thought were friends at the time, uh, introduced me to marijuana pot, whatever. And that's what we would do for fun. We'd be like, oh, yeah, it's cool. It's, everyone wants to hang out with us, so we have marijuana, yeah. So uh, we, I graduated high school in 2012, and it was almost like the day I graduated, all the friends just disappeared, and I was just stuck. It was just me and pot. That was my only friend. I'd isolate, I was away from everyone, and then after a while, it wasn't enough. I needed something else, I needed, there was something inside me, I needed to fill a void. And the pot wasn't doing it, so I moved on to opiates. And that was the spiral that went downhill for the rest of my life. I mean, the life that I had before I came to Christ. Um, so 2013, I think, four, last, Exactly this time last year, I, uh, <laughs> I uh, overdosed, and I was dead. My little brother found me in the back of his car. I was homeless, hopeless. I had nowhere to go. I was living on the street. Um, but yeah, it was God's grace that I'm still here today and that my little brother walked outside at that time to find me dead in the back seat and call an ambulance to get there in time. It's just, it's just amazing. And after coming to Teen Challenge, uh, I always said in secular rehabs, I tried eight rehabs this, over the past year and nothing worked and they're always talking about this higher power. You need a higher power. I was like, uh, I always said, yeah, I believe in God, but coming to Teen Challenge, it's like you need a relationship with God. It's just not believing in God. You need to have a personal relationship with him. And after that, I got that established. I believe I've been delivered and I don't have any cravings to use anymore. I just... Now coming back, graduating the program. Uh, coming back, graduating the program now, the Lord placed on my heart to give back. Like Pastor Mike and Sister Cindy, God used them as a vessel to get to me as a relationship. And now I just want to give back and help someone else that was in my position last year. So... I just, my prayer for this church is that my story gives someone hope 
that there is a way out and it is possible. It's only through Christ. And I love 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, God will tempt you, but he also gives you the power to overcome that temptation. So, thank you. Good job. So, yeah, we have groupies because TJ's family came all the way from Pennsylvania to hear this today. I think that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. All right, baby. So, I know we have four grandchildren. I know, I know, you're thinking, how can that be? They're only 25 and 26. But, uh, uh, it's, I don't know what to say about this person here, but... Well, one quickie story, okay? So, five weeks, five weeks and two days ago, a baby was born two and a half months early at Beauty Precious, and Cindy um, delivered the baby. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, that's what I said. Wow. And, um, yeah, the baby was super early. The baby was not expected to live. Uh, Cindy saved the baby's life before the ambulances ever got there, and her and my daughter took this little seven-inch little guy, I don't even think he was two pounds, and um, he's going to live. Like, he's almost five pounds now, and it's just a remarkable ministry. Yeah, it's, it's a remarkable ministry, and the women and children there are all so beautiful, and we have rookies today. They're all rookies. We don't, you know, we've I mean, rookie rookies. So I'm going to let Cindy introduce you to the girls, and then I'll come back and close us out. Some of my favorite scripture is, um, he is near to the brokenhearted, and he heals the brokenhearted. Everybody's process in between might be a little bit different from the nearness and the healing. Are you with me? I have a process in my life, and my life can preach itself as well to God's faithfulness. And... Um, I love Beauty for Ashes for so many reasons, and for those of you who really want to talk about Beauty for Ashes, you can see me out in the foyer, and I'll be glad to spend the entire afternoon talking about Beauty for Ashes. Um, the women who have come in since we opened in October have truthfully, truthfully been entrusted to our care. They're gods and gods alone, they're his daughters, and those little ones are his children. I'm so thankful that God has been near them, and he has protected them from the kinds of things that they have shared they have gone through. I've worked with the men for many years, almost, it was 31 years um, before opening the home for women and children, and I thought I had heard everything until I started receiving phone calls from women with children. It's different. It's different. There's a kind of brokenness and shame that becomes a stigma for women, especially with children, because people think, well, can't you just stop doing it for your child? And you know what? Every single one of these women have a story they weren't in kindergarten raising their hand on career day saying that they wanted to be a drug addict. They had dreams, just like you and me. And God is restoring 
what the devil has stolen in two generations, not just mom, but child too. And when these women share, and I'm gonna stand right next to them because their story is very real, very new to them, and um, they're going to read them because they didn't wanna miss any details they wanted for you to be really touched. Um, you have partnered with Beauty for Ashes in a big way. And I thank you for that because what you are providing, what you have provided, has made a way for a front door entrance for these families where there is no judgment and there is no shame, only healing and forgiveness, love and acceptance, that relentless grace that has pursued them to those front doors, embraces them and they embrace it back, praise God. And I'm just so, so grateful. Um, through the funds that you guys provided, not this past year, but the year before, um, we're gonna show you a couple of pictures. You per and I, you just have to know this. Um, if you guys could just show the pictures of the home and the classroom space. This is the house where the women and children dwell. Whoa, that's slow. Whoa. That's our office space in a garage. But this next picture, this is the building where the classroom space is and the chapel and your funds help finish this out. Here's our chapel in there now. And then on the other side is where the girls go to class three times a week. They're in class three times a week over there um, learning um, group studies, all biblically based. Um, curriculum written for Teen Challenge. Oh, you can stop. Okay. Um, so just know that, you know, God is doing big things at Beauty for Ashes. He's, um, he's given a hope and a future to the women. And, uh, and in, in return, those little kids, they're never even going to know their moms as addicts. Praise God. So, Amanda, if you'll, if you'll come. My name's Amanda. Um, growing up, I was raised in church. I knew God, or at least I thought I knew him, but I knew of him. I became a Christian at 12, but I never could quite grasp, grasp the concept of a real relationship with God. God was scary to me. The idea of a heavenly father, a father like my own, my father wasn't around often, and when he was, he wasn't kind or loving or compassionate. I felt like God was constantly judging me or criticizing me. I felt less than. I tried my best to live a Christian life, but I never fully gave my will to God. I always thought if it doesn't hurt anyone or it's not bad, then it must be his will. Even through all my selfish decisions and disobedience, God showed me grace, mercy, and love. My life was pretty good, or at least I thought. We had a relationship where I would give very little of my own time and do just enough, and he would bless me and show me grace. By 15, I had my first son. 17, my second, and God continued to bless me. At 19, I had graduated college, I owned a home, and I was a wife. 
Slowly over time, though, I stopped listening to God's plans and the things that he would encourage me to change. I began to lose sight of what was even good anymore. I felt like being a Christian was keeping me from having fun and really living. By 2008, at the age of 22, I was in full-blown addiction. I lost everything. My career was at risk. My home was gone. I left my husband. Most of all, I lost myself. I lost my family's trust and respect. All of my morals were so far gone. During my addiction, I kept losing more and more of myself. I couldn't bear to look in the mirror or into the eyes of those who loved me. I felt so much guilt and shame, yet I don't regret any of my choices. It was in my darkest moments that I knew God never left me. This is where my relationship changed, and I started to view God differently. I would be in the bathroom floor of some filthy drug house that a lot of people don't even want to go in. And I would be sick or high, and that was where God would meet me, right where I was. He loved me exactly as I was and wanted absolutely nothing from me. Even with all of this, I just couldn't stop. I eventually lost my children, and I still couldn't stop. I had no purpose. I was living so recklessly, I thought I didn't care if I lived. On Christmas Eve 2015, I was having a pity party for myself. I ended up overdosing. But as I lay there, helpless and scared, I sought God, and I begged him not to let my life end like that, for my children not to someday know that their mother loved drugs more than them. I begged for one more chance. God gave me my chance. I had different people in my family, church and life, that would encourage me to just give Teen Challenge a try. I even had an application I started in 2012. God didn't forget me. He would stay persistent. On February 15, 2016, I came to Beauty for Ashes. I started living. I wanted to heal. I wanted to find peace and joy and ignite my passion for Jesus. On February 19, 2016, Pastor Cindy called me into her office and sat down to let me know that my sister had overdosed. I knew immediately my sister was gone. Instead of doing all the things I wanted to do, I was still. The other women and staff came to pray with me and their love and strength carried me through the next few days. On February 20th, Pastor Sydney drove me home to say goodbye to my sister. My mom let me know that during that past week, my sister, she spent time with my sister, and she let me know that my sister told her, Mom, I've been reading my Bible. I'm trying, and I want to get better. She was seeking God, and he met her right where she was. On February 21st, I got up. I started my day. I started to grieve and feel sad. But then as though something washed over me, I was consumed with so much joy and peace, I could hardly contain it. I lay in bed like a five-year-old on Christmas morning, wanting to share with somebody. So on February 21st, with Pastor Cindy, I rededicated my life to God. The huge difference. 
the huge difference this time is that I ask that he come into my heart and that his will become my own. All the prayers and love we receive at Beauty for Ashes, it's not possible to be here and not feel God's presence and have a passion to grow and to know him better. Now looking back, I think of the moments I have with my children, especially my boys at 13 and 12. I want to protect them. My heart breaks when they hurt. I just want them to know I'll always be here and everything will be okay. And then I think this is how God, I know today, the hurt he must have felt when I would just say no. And then he had to watch me suffer or struggle. I don't ever want my Heavenly Father to feel that way about me again. This is my testimony up to today. It's just the beginning. I know God has so many things in store for my life, my families, and those around me. And today I want God's will for my life because it's what's right for me. This one brought a bunch of sunshine up from Florida. She says to me one day, I'm sunshine to everybody. <laughs> and she is. My name is Brianna, and I'm 19 years old. I wasn't raised with any religious background. I grew up with both of my parents, two sisters and a brother, and I had an amazing childhood. Um, I didn't know my mom was an addict for 20 plus years, and I found out later in life. My parents divorced when I was 12, and I chose to live with my mom rather than my dad. My brothers and sisters stayed with him. Me and my mom were always really close. We were more of best friends than parent and daughter. And I ended up dropping out of school when I was 14, and I found out I was pregnant when I was 15. My dad tried to help me and get my life back on track, but around the same time, my mom became sick due to effects of addiction, and I refused to leave her side, even if for my own good. Months later, I became a single mother and I didn't know how to deal with my own life. Immediately after I had my son, I started using drugs recreationally, which soon turned into a heroin addiction. Getting so wrapped up in my addiction, I didn't realize my mom was getting worse. And in December of 2014, my mom passed away because of addiction. She was an alcoholic, she was addicted to coke and opiates, and she lost her life because she couldn't get out of it. I felt like I lost my other half. My mom is my best friend. So my son and I we moved in with my dad and he didn't know what to do. I lost my whole family, nobody trusted me, they didn't want to be around me. They tolerated me because of my son. In October, my dad found out about Beauty for Ashes and I called and spoke to Pastor Cindy. We had a really good talk but I convinced my dad that I didn't need to be there and I could do it by myself and I'd be okay. Two months later, on December 8th, I overdosed in my bedroom with my son asleep in my bed. And my family found me, and my brother kept me alive until ambulance arrived. He had to do CPR to keep me breathing, and it was minutes away from me losing my life. And my dad didn't know what to do. He almost lost me, he wouldn't sleep at night, and that was just the end of it. He knew I needed help, but I refused. A week later after that, I found myself states away arriving at Beauty for Ashes. It was the hardest transition of my life. I was around godly people for the first time, and I had no idea how to respond. 
I had never even been to a church service before, let alone pretty much like live in one. <laughs> right when I started adjusting, I found out I was pregnant with my second child and I was gonna lose my mind. I did not want another child and I wasn't ready for that. But Pastor Cindy assured me everything would be okay and I had no choice but to trust her at that time. Started going to church every week and learning much more and accepting much more, reading the Bible, memorizing scriptures, and weeks later I dedicated my life to Jesus in the chapel that you guys helped with. <laughs> it was really hard for me to believe that God loved me the way that he said, but when I finally accepted it, I felt it. I was worth something to, something to God and he truly loves me. I felt clean and pure. My past could no longer define me because Jesus forgave me. I couldn't imagine living differently anymore. My relationship with my son and my family is being restored beyond what I would ever believe. It is going great. My dad and my sister and my grandma attended church with us for the first time. And they're actually proud of me. They want to talk to me. They want to come see me. They see a new light burning inside me that they know can only come from God. I'm actually planning for my future when before I just wanted to get through the day. I'm excited for life, for my children, and for myself. I thank God every day for the paths I've gone down and him getting me through them, even losing my mom because it led me to a life in him. I'm becoming the person I've always dreamed about being but never thought I could. But I'm learning that with God, all is possible. I know I'm gonna have hardships in life, but that all seems so small when I have a God so big. I'm proud of the person and the woman of God I am today, and I know that he is too. So, um, so that's what we've seen for 31 years. And, um, the little ones, the little one in the picture, she's Mila, right? We didn't even really introduce the kids because they're not here, right? Um, little Mila is Amanda's little girl, and she's two, right? Two and a half, but she's like 16, really, because she's so bossy. And then the other little guy is James, and he's so cute. He calls me Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike. He tries to get it out. It's... um. It's mad respect from us. Just. Could you do that? No, it's one thing to expose yourself, you know, when you're doing good and testify. But could you do that? Really? Could you do that? What they just did. It's remarkable. Only God can cause a person to do what we just witnessed. Only God can do it. There's no other power on earth that could make someone just expose their life like that. And it's fresh. You, you, you hear the dates, okay? It's like last Tuesday. I mean, it's fresh. People are getting saved in our ministry. Young people are coming to Christ that have never heard his name except as a curse word. And then um, a lot of these young people that we're working with come from middle-class families. They could be your son, daughter, your brother, sister, and I know for some of you, they are. Because that's the world we're living in. Uh, in Richmond, last week, in six days, 30 people died from heroin overdoses. 
in Richmond last week, in six days, 30 people died from heroin overdoses. So it is, it is life or death. Um, and that's why we're just so blessed. We, we are, we're, all, we're always on the edge in every way. And thank you, you know, City Church. You, you know that you have given more to Beauty for Ashes than any other church in the country? You have, so thank you. You can see that it's made a difference. It's making a difference. It's going to always make a difference because we're just, it's a partnership, and that's what missions is, and that's what missionaries do, and we're missionaries to Teen Challenge. We can't do it unless we're sent, so you have sent us, so thank you. And so just in close here, just a few thoughts. The weather has got me thinking garden, amen? Does the weather have you thinking garden? Some of you, right? We got to have at least like three rednecks in here that own a farm, and they're like, yeah, I got the tractor out, I'm flat on the ground. The rest of us are like, uh, I got the hoe out. I tried to start the tiller, and it wouldn't start. But, you know, this is the time of year where we all start thinking about fertilizer, right? Because it's springtime, sort of. And we're all thinking about the tomatoes that we're going to have in July, right? Not the waxy ones. I could preach on waxy tomatoes. I don't even know how or where they're made. But they don't taste like the ones from the garden, amen? Come on, I could preach on a garden tomato. I'm Italian. I could just preach on that. Make me a sandwich. I don't need anything on it. Just the tomato and mayonnaise and salt and pepper. Yeah, look, everybody's clapping. Let me testify about garden tomatoes. Oh, Lord, have mercy. So um, we have two farms all of a sudden. Beauty for Ashes is on 70 acres. Um, it's a remarkable story and property. And then the men's, um, we have a, a garden at the men's home. It's two acres. So we have a, tra we have a John Deere tractor at Teen's House and a chisel plow, for real, and a, a tiller and um, what's that other thing called? The disc. Yeah, that's, I'm from the city. So anyways, I don't like the garden at all, but I like what comes out of the garden. And so having moved to Virginia these last 13 years and now with two farms, especially the men's home, you know, we started gardening and it's a benefit. You know, it's a benefit to the program. It's a benefit to me. It's definitely a benefit for my sandwich making abilities. But uh, it's hard work. It's hard work. I wish we could just get tomatoes, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? Just put a seed in the ground and then the next day you got tomatoes. But life's harder than that. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, Jesus tells a parable of the sower, and his stats were 25%. He threw seed out, and 75% of the seed didn't make it. These are the stats from our Savior. A farmer went out to sow, right? Some landed on rocky soil, some of the birds got it, some of the weeds got it. But there's just 25% that it takes root, it takes hold, and then there's life. Everybody here in this room was sowed spiritually by somebody. A Sunday school teacher, your parents, a pastor, somebody on the street, maybe a program like ours. Certainly this young lady is just getting sowed now. There's just seed for the first time in her life. And this is what addiction has taught us many lessons. I mean, it's so complex because addiction, it affects everybody differently. 
we would never trivialize it or make it so simple that just one trip with Jesus and you're, you know. We've seen a lot of death. We've seen people come to Christ, overdose and die. We've also have three board members that used to be students in our program, all of whom have been saved, healed, and delivered over 25 years, own their own companies. So I don't know the difference between the soils. I don't, I don't get it. But I do know this. Addiction breaks ground like nothing else. Addiction is a huge chisel plow. It crushes everything. It just relationships, finances. There are people, probably people in this room, that can't go a day without wine. I don't care what your addiction is. If you can't go a day without it, then you have, there's something going on there. It's maybe, it's just a crutch. But crutches eventually turn to wheelchairs when it comes to substance abuse. The brokenness and the, the broken dreams and the broken hearts and just everything broken. But one of the things that breaks is the soil. It's the soil. So we live in a hard culture, in a hard time, in a hard country to lead people to Christ. But not for us. It's not for us. For us, it's how are we going to get enough bed space for all the people pounding on the door that want to come in and try what we have? Because at the end of their, you know, their, their road, they've tried everything else, and it is time to try Jesus. And so for us, yes, the harvest is right. The labors are few because it's ridiculously difficult, very difficult. But the soil is ready, and there is nothing, there's just nothing that compares to taking a, seeing a dry bones, a valley of dry bones with nothing but heartache and death and destruction, and seeing the power of our Lord Jesus Christ breathe life. Relationships restored, marriages restored. Entire families coming to Christ because they've seen their child delivered from heroin, and they can't believe it. So they all get saved. They all end up coming to church because their daughters and their sons are leading them. And this is what we've seen. So, Pete, tell them what you've seen. This is what I've seen for 31 years. Why are we still doing this? This is the most difficult profession on earth. Residential addiction. Work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're seeing miracles all the time. It's just miracle after miracle. How can we not do it? How can we stop? It's just amazing that I can come to this church four years ago and you heard the same story. I can come next year. You're going to hear the same thing next year in 10 years and 20 years. Because Jesus works, right? And he's taken this horrible, tragic situation in our country and in our world. And he's using it for his glory. He's using it for his glory. Scars are there. The pain will always be there. But addiction breaks the ground, makes people ready, makes them ready. And so you pray for us as we sow, you know, that God will just bless the seed. It'll go where it's supposed to go. Pray for us in that. And we'll just keep partnering together. Amen. Will you bow your heads? And We are a humbled Lord.
to we have all witnessed miracles today. We, our ears have heard what the Lord is doing and how he's changing hearts and lives that were so broken, putting them back together. We, we are witnesses to the healing power of your word today and your work. But it is for us in this church, as we reflect on ourselves, that we pray. And I pray that if there's anybody in this house struggling with addiction, that something that they heard broke through today. Just maybe a word or two, just something got in there. And there's a little bit of spark where there's been nothing. There's just a little bit of hope planted for them today. Pray for miracles to happen in our closing time. Miracles to happen. So we invite your Holy Spirit to come and just fill this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I will be back. Thank you, Mike. So you've heard some stories. And um, I am confident that these stories have touched something in you. And today we'd like to offer up a response. Before we do that, um, I'm asking the ushers to prepare for an offering. The Apostle Paul in the letter to the Romans said that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Then he asked these questions. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Mike and Cindy, his team, they're the ones being sent. And we get to be a part of that, and we have been a part of that. I'm so grateful and proud of City Church for being the church that it is in giving to this ministry, vital. Some of us are touched directly with the kinds of stories. And today you've, you've heard stories of hope, that our God is bigger than even the worst of the worst, right? Let's pray. God, as we prepare to take up this offering, may we do so because our hearts are captured by these stories, by the way in which you showed up into people's lives. You delivered them. We are aware that many, many pass into the night but we give you thanks for these and the many others' lives that have been changed and are being transformed and the ways in which you're using these wounded healers to reach out and touch others and provide hope. So as we give today, may we do so as a form of worship, as a form of being in partnership with you in what you're doing through Teen Challenge. 
through the Zellos and through their team. Bless it, we pray in your name. Amen. country can't go a day without something I don't know but I know there's a lot of people here and there's a good chance that there's people here like that so all I'm asking if, if this is you today just listen just listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to your heart just listen to what's happening Secondly, there are people affected in your family, your immediate family, distant family. As many as 80 million alcoholics in our country, no one really knows, no one really knows. But there's a lot of substance abuse. And there's a lot of families that are hurting because of substance abuse. And so if you have a connection direct, indirect, even a friend. Listen to the Holy Spirit right now. Just listen. All I'm asking, just listen. Because I, I, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come. I, I believe that we're just not supposed to just close and go home. Just don't think that that's what we're supposed to do right now. And so what I'm going to ask is that we turn the entire house into a prayer meeting. Can we do that? The entire house. You're already standing. I'm going to ask you that if you are able, 
come on forward. We want to pray with you. And I don't care what it's about. Maybe you need a healing in your body. If you need any kind of touch, if you're struggling with addiction, directly, indirectly, know somebody, you want to stand in for them, I want you to move forward in these next few moments. But I'm going to ask everybody to move. Everybody. So in obedience to God's word and his spirit this morning, let's just close with prayer. You can spin around where you are and make prayer right where you're at, on your knees, that's fine. But I'm gonna ask everybody to move. You're either moving forward or moving right down where you are and just getting on your knees and interceding. We're gonna come down, I'm gonna come down, I'll pray with you, or we have people that will pray with you. I'm also gonna move through this crowd and lay hands on some people that are on their knees. So can we just do that? Will we do that? Lord bless you guys. Come on, let's just press in for a few minutes.
continue to worship together this morning. Our prayer team is here and available to come to pray for you if you'd like to receive prayer.
beginnings and ends to find their ends in you. of who I am it cries out to you only you can feel my voice only you can feel my voice
Turn we will. 